0: Hello and welcome back. This is The Voice of Jesus Ministries. My name is Rick and we're doing an ongoing series called The Promise from Jesus. And that promise is the Holy Spirit. And we're just getting started in this series. And we're doing it both for video and for podcasting. So this way you can listen to it or you can watch it, whichever your choice is. And we'll try to get it out on the various podcasting platforms. Everything takes time. But uh, as a way of contacting us, you can reach us at thepromisefromjesus at gmail.com. Thepromisefromjesus at gmail.com. Anytime for any questions, uh, thoughts, concerns, prayer requests, uh, anything you'd like to share. And uh, it'll be kept confidential unless you want something to be shared and we'll share it. So uh, feel free to contact us. You can also do it on the comment section in the video Uh, series if you like but uh, some people don't like to do that or you can also um, just send us an email and uh, that just gives you a little more privacy so the last uh, couple videos we did we were in uh, the chapter one of the gospel of John known as the teachings of Jesus as recorded by John I use the interlinear you use the version that you like go grab it Get yourself a, a drink, a, a cup of coffee, uh, or a soda, whatever you like. Sit down and let's, let's go into chapter two today. And so uh, that's what we're going to do. And, and this is really uh, a great chapter because this talks about some pretty amazing things that uh, Jesus is going to do and he's going to share. And uh, we're going to go to a wedding. And we're going to learn some really crazy things about the the Judeans and the things that they did. And especially about the ceremony of washing. You're going to see it come into play here in a really big way. So let's get started. Chapter 2, beginning in verse 1. Now it came to pass in Cana of Galilee, the third day of a wedding. The third day of a wedding. Wow. And the mother of Jesus was there. And also Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. Now running short of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, capital H, to Jesus, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, what is this to do? What is this to you and I? The time of my bride is not yet come. Now that is very different, I'm pretty sure, than your version. Because this intra. Uh, linear version um, it takes things back to the core uh, words and you know that the way that translators are we're not always getting exactly what we should be getting but uh, Jesus response to his mom his response was what is this to to you and I what is this to you and I that they don't have any wine The time of my bride has not yet come. Now, think about this. What bride, that's a capital B, by the way, what bride was he talking about? We know that he wasn't talking about an earthen vessel bride or a mate or a companion or... uh, We know that that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about the bride of the Messiah, the bride of Jesus. Okay, that's what he's talking about. He's talking about us, his children, those of us that are here now, those of us that have been here in the past, those of us that have have our members, our members of the family, the children of God. That's the bride. We make up the bride of Jesus. That's us. Okay, and that's what he was talking about. He said, you know, what is this to do with you and I that they don't have wine? He did, but he didn't care about them not having wine. He said, the time of my bride is not yet come. And I'm not even sure that his mom understood that. You know, really, I don't know. Why? Because she says this. His mother said to the servants, if he tells you anything, do accordingly. So kind of makes you think that she was a lot like uh, Mary and Martha, maybe more like Mary, that she was just always scurrying about, you know, and and she was always involved and she was like kind of taking care of everything at this wedding, making sure everything was and, but we don't know who really was getting married there either and what the relations were or anything. I mean, it might've been interesting to know, but yeah, it doesn't make any difference, but She turns to the servants and says, if he tells you anything, do accordingly. Whatever he says, do it. Now six stone water pots, each holding two to three measures, were uh, standing there for the purpose of the Judean purification. Now these six stone water pots, they probably were like about four foot tall, maybe this big around, and they held a a lot of water. Probably, I'm going to guess, I did calculate this out one time, something to about 20, 25 gallons of water, okay? And these six water pots were outside where the ceremony was going on, okay, where the wedding feast was going on. They were outside, and what they were for is they were for, just as it says, the Judean purification, for the ceremony of purification. And what people would do is they would approach the wedding, they would stop at these water pots, and they would wash. Now, it wasn't just to wash their hands from being out, and they were dirty, and and maybe some even stuck their feet in there. I don't know, but the thing of it is, is that's not what they were doing. These water pots were there for purifying the people before they went into the wedding. And how they did that is they would wash their hands. And as they were washing their hands in the water, they were asking forgiveness of their sins. They were washing the sins that they were purposed in their lives into this water. And they were just cleansing themselves. It was a a purifying ceremony. And, you know, even unto this day, at present time, there are still religious organizations out there, churches, that people still do this. When they go in, they stop and they they put their hands in water and and they may bless themselves, but whatever, you know, and and those that have a deeper understanding are actually performing a, a ceremony of purification. And this was what these six water pots were for. Okay, then Jesus said to them, okay, this is, this is right after his mom said, do whatever he says. Then Jesus said to him, fill the water pots up to the top with water. So, if there was six of them and they all held 25 gallons apiece, that would mean there'd be 150 gallons of purifying water. Jesus says, fill them up to the top right up to the top. Then he told them, "Now draw some out and bring it to the head waiter." So the servants, it says, so they supplied the head waiter, and he tasted the water that became wine. But he did not know from how this was possible. Where did they get this wine? What wait wait a second, his mind is blown. The you know, the servants brought to the head waiter, and he drank it, and, and he knows. Wait, this is this was the water in the firkins. In the King James version, is they call them firkins, the water jars. And he drank it, and it was wine, and he just didn't know how this was possible. But the servants drawing out the water knew. The head waiter called the bridegroom and said to him, Every man arranges the fine wine first. And then, when they are drunk, then the worst. You have kept the fine wine until now. This was the beginning of miracles Jesus manifested in Cana of Galilee, revealing his majesty. Indeed, his disciples now believed in him. They believed because they saw this miracle. Okay, and we'll hear more about that later. Jesus addresses about believing because you see something. But this was the beginning of miracles. And we know it. They've written songs about it. He turned the water into wine. We know about, but I'm going to share something with you about it today that I'm pretty sure you've not heard before. Okay. And this is it. All right. These water jars, they were put there for the ceremony of purification. This was how they would purify themselves before going into this wedding ceremony so that they would be considered clean and pure and even in their minds, holy washing their sins into these water pots. Now, the custom of that time is when these water pots, when these these purifying pots were used for any ceremony, any gathering where they would wash themselves, cleansing themselves before going into a ceremonial gathering. And, and I know they had them out in front of their temples as well. These water pots would be taken out to the desert and the water would be dumped into a hole or just dumped out into the desert. And then it's, it is said that the water pots were broken and buried because they were considered vile. The water that was inside these pots was considered vile. Now that's a little superstitious, I know, for them, not for us. We know that, you know, this, they're in darkness, okay, and they're practicing things that are in darkness. But the situation was that's what that what they did. They would take these, they they would consider this water to be vile. Because people washed their sins into them. And and so no one would drink it. They wouldn't use it for cooking, they wouldn't use it for for bathing or washing it, it, it themselves afterwards. No, it had to go. And this is the water that Jesus turned into wine. And this is also the same water that the head waiter tasted and said, this is the finest wine. And he goes to the bridegroom and he says, you know, m- most people serve this at the beginning when people are, are, are still of their senses and they taste it. They say, wow, this man really gave us some great wine. And then when they're drunk, they don't care. Now they're drinking the vinegar as it were. And the head waiter says, but you gave the worst first and saved the finest for last. What, what is that? And this was considered a miracle. Now I want to share with you something interesting about this. This, this wine that they considered fine made from vile water in their minds. Okay. We know that this, that stuff doesn't exist, but is it, there is something to be learned here. This, this vile water that they considered to be so fine is just the way it is today in people's lives. Today, people love the taste of sin. That's right. You heard what I said. People love the taste of sin in whatever form that it comes Okay, And that's what was happening here. These, these water pots filled with the, the unpureness of these people, their sins, whatever they were washing into these pots to make themselves holy going into the wedding ceremony, was now turned into wine, and they considered it to be just the finest tasting. Well, that is true of sin. Sin is very fine tasting. It's very sweet. But I'm telling you, afterwards, it is like wormwood to your stomach. It is is like a disease to your flesh. It is like, like a canker. It will just consume you. But they thought it was the finest tasting. And today it's the same way people believe it to be too. Why do you think we have such sin in the world today? and people are so caught up in it look at all i don't even have to name them off you know what they are and you know that are what what are affecting your circle whatever they might be in your family in your home circle in in your work circle you see it every day and why do people keep doing it because they love the taste of sin it's fine to them and that's that's just a hardcore fact, we know it's true. We know it's true, beware, beware of sin. It is enticing, it is sweet, but at the end it is bitter, it is wormwood. It is no good, it is no good. But that was what this miracle was about. But how many people saw that that day? Oh, I know there were some, I do. I know there were some. I know that Jesus took this and taught this in a a mighty way. It's just not recorded for us, but the Holy Spirit allows us to see it. This is part of the promise, the promise revealing to us. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? Just think about it. So, going on with this, Verse 11 again, and this was the beginning of miracles Jesus manifested in Cana of Galilee, revealing his majesty. Indeed, his disciples now believed in him. After this, he and his disciples, his brothers, and even his mother went down to Capernaum, but did not stay in that place many days. Now the Judean Passover was near, so Jesus went up to Jerusalem and found money changers sitting in the temple, trading oxen, sheep, and dove. He made a whip out of rope and drove everything out of the temple, the sheep and the oxen, and even the money changers, upsetting the tables and scattering the money, But to those selling doves, he said, take these things from here. Do not make my father's house a house of trade. Then he reminded the disciples that it had been written, the rivalry of your gatherings. Another word for gatherings in the New Testament is churches. The rivalry of your gatherings has devoured me. Oh my gosh, lock into that. That is verse 17. The rivalries of your gatherings, of your churches, has devoured me. Now listen, when he left this wedding ceremony and went down to the Passover festival that was getting ready in Jerusalem, he got there. And he found the temple of God being used as a flea market. He found the temple of God being used as a place of buying and selling and exchanging goods. Now let me give you some insight to this. You know, the reason they were doing this is because of one thing. Money. Gold. Precious stones, precious metals, things that that's what they wanted. They didn't want what the people were bringing to them for their tithes and offerings, okay? Because during this time, the people would bring what they had. They would bring their crops, their harvest, their animals. They would bring, as it says, the doves. And I I have to tell you something about the doves. They would bring, as it said, the oxen and and, and the sheep. But they didn't want those. They wanted to exchange those things for monies of some sort. So they turned the temple of God into a flea market, into a place of trade. And Jesus, can you imagine? I can only only imagine that this was one of the first times he was emotionally distraught by seeing this, seeing what they have done. Because he said, do not make my father's house a house of trade. And that's what they had done. They had turned it in to a house of trade. Now, interestingly, it says that Jesus had made a whip out of rope. Okay, he, he put together this whip and he went in there and he whipped on the sheep that have this big fluffy furry coat on them and drove them out didn't hurt him he whipped on the oxen you can't hurt an oxen they have such thick hide and they're so tough and they drove he drove them out he went to the money changers and he took their tables and flipped them up and the monies went flying everywhere oh my god i bet they were like ants scurrying around you know especially the ones that sting and bite they were just going crazy picking up their money picking up their money oh no no but when he came to the tables that had the doves on them, the helpless little doves that were in a cage, he didn't whip on them. He didn't throw their cages. This shows you compassion. This shows you who Jesus is as a person. He says to those people, he says, take these things from here. The doves, the little things, the things that can't, can't protect themselves. Take these from here. And of course, these, these things were all being sold off for sacrifice. You know, the bloods of the dove, the blood of the, of the oxen, the blood of the sheep were all used for their cleansing ceremonies as well, for their sacrifices. This was all part of their religion, their religiosity. But the bottom line is they were gathering the tithes from the, the tithes from the people, their goods, and they were turning them into coinage monies and you know does that happen today i don't know i'm just gonna leave it right there but jesus at the end of this he reminded his disciples he reminded his disciples that it had been written and and please go find where that had been written the, and use out of your version so you can look it up. The rivalry of your gatherings, your churches have devoured me. And has that not happened today? That the rivalry of gatherings have completely devoured the message of Jesus. And I don't want to labor on this, but you know what I'm talking about. We have churches here in our area that say this, that unless you are attending our fellowship and you are part of our fellowship and you go through all the rituals and ceremonies of our fellowship, you will not go to heaven. We have occults in this area. They are not even fellowships of Jesus. They are just made up out there. I mean, they're out there occults that say the same thing unless you are part of us this is rivalry and even within the core christian gatherings as it were they are there's rivalry they argue and pit against each other using the written word of god as their lever this hey man this is what it says really according to who you ouch ouch you understand this is why Jesus came he came to give us the promise he came to deliver that to us so that we wouldn't do this right here so that we wouldn't follow in the footsteps of our past okay That was the sole purpose of the promise, was to come and give it to us and to allow us to be led, guided, taught, and assured that we wouldn't be hoodwinked or led astray. Just remember, Jesus said, my sheep hear my voice and another voice they will not follow. I'm going to stop right here for today. And the reason I'm going to stop here for today is because this is a lot. I would like for you to listen to it again. I'd like for you to watch it again. If you have any questions, please send them in. Okay? If you have any thoughts or concerns, please send them in. This is really good stuff. This stuff here is going to help you grow and help you to be the child of God that Jesus wants you to be. Okay? That Jesus want you to be you see what i'm saying it's not what someone else wants you to be it's not what you want yourself to be and it's certainly by not some kind of a ceremony okay and we read that in chapter one remember not by bloods not by the self-will of you and not by the self-will of another person but by jesus by the light the truth and now the promise the holy spirit this has been great i hope you enjoyed it please share this with your friends and uh, please subscribe give us a thumbs up comment send us a note in on the on the uh, the promise from jesus at uh, gmail.com You can find us on YouTube and the video site at um, hashtag the promise from Jesus. And also uh, look for us on uh, YouTube's podcast and on the other podcasts. It will be listed out there basically the same way. You'll find us and I, I hope to see you again in the next, the next video or the next podcast. Jesus loves you, and he wants you to be all that you can be in him, and he's given you the promise which will get you there. So until next time, Jesus loves you. God bless. Hope to see you again soon. Bye-bye.